Hello, welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own local program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. There's big news in Belmont this week, and let's turn to our conversation with Joanna Juvelis with the Belmont Citizen Herald. Hello, and welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald. Joanna, the Belmont police are looking for witnesses for a, an automobile motorcycle accident. Yes, it happened on February 23rd on Winter Street at about 4 p.m. right at Robinwood Road, a young 16-year-old Watertown boy named Andrea Martaccia from Watertown was on his green motorcycle. He was heading toward Route 2 when he was struck by a brown Toyota Camry. A Belmont resident was driving it and um, the resident was heading toward the Marsh Street direction when she struck him. And, and he passed away. Yes, and they are looking for witnesses. She's cooperating, but they are looking for witnesses. He, he died as a result of his injuries three days later on February 27th. They just had his wake and his funeral. He was an 11th grade electrical major at Minuteman High School. And he, he played was lacrosse. active, right? Yes. He was an athlete. He played lacrosse. He played football. He played football, and he was very well liked. He was known as Dre to all who, all who knew him. And I, you know, I was able to speak to his parents, and they, they just want everybody. To, they said his story is not going to end. Everybody needs to think of him as an inspiration. So, if anybody knows anything, they should contact the Belmont Police. Absolutely. Okay, let's close the door on that, and let's talk about the. The coronavirus. Uh, the last time we talked, it, uh, the risk was low and it's still low, but there's still news. Yes, the last time we talked about this, Roger, it was only in China at the time. Now it's in over 60 countries. It's 17 times more people affected than, than China, where it outbroke in the first place. But what people need to know is that the risk in Massachusetts and Belmont is still low as of March 4th. That's what our health department director, Wesley Chin, announced at the select board meeting. And he assured everyone that they are working very closely with the emergency management team led by Assistant Fire Chief Wayne Haley. And they are in very close contact with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, which is the best source for people to go to for information on Massachusetts. And one should not plan on getting wipes or soaps. Well, or unfortunately, all, I checked a couple of places in Belmont. The CVS um, was sold out of all of their antibacterial wipes, antibacterial soap, and the gel. Uh, but what what people also need to know is not to panic. Just just use warm water and soap. Wash your hands 20 seconds. There's a lot of precautions you can follow, and they're all on. The, actually, on Wicked Local Belmont, we have a lot of articles about this. There's one called Nine Things to Know About the Coronavirus. And I think people should know that in Belmont, the schools, they're, they're taking extra precautions. They're going to use hospital-grade equipment to disinfect and sanitize high-touch surfaces, as they would do with the flu as well. But just, and the schools have canceled a couple of trips. Yes, they were going to go to Spain and China, high school students, in April and those trips have been canceled, and they may cancel a trip to Peru, which is happening in June when school is over, but they're not sure yet. Okay, and can you give us a brief update on 
how Belmont voted? Sure I can. Um, by now everyone knows Warren won Belmont's vote. <laughs> she did not win Massachusetts vote, however. But I think it's good to, for people to know that about 54 and a half percent of Belmont's registered voters did vote. Um, about nine percent voted in the early voting part of the election. And I think what's interesting to know, Biden was the second choice for Belmont, Sanders was third. But what's interesting to know that the early voting results had were different. Um, Warren was still first, but Sanders was second. Bloomberg was third, Buttigieg was, was fourth, and Biden was fifth. So I, I find that interesting and curious to know if uh -huh. those candidates stayed in the race, how the outcome would have been, but we won't know that. Yes. Okay, thank you for bringing us up to date. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. A new workout place is opening mid-March in Belmont. Orange Theory is situated on Trapello Road next to the CVS. Joanna Juvelis meets the owner and gives us a tour. Welcome to Orange Theory, Belmont. We're excited to see you. <laughs> so, an Orange Theory workout uh, is a one-hour full-body workout. It's based on uh, strength, power, endurance, or what we call ESP, a combination of all. Every day, uh, one of those is the overarching theme of the workout, but the workouts are different. Um, the class is usually split between the cardio side, which is the, the rowers and or the treadmills, um, and the weight side of the room or the floor side. And on the floor side, you could be using weights, you could be doing body exercises, you could be um, using a TRX or some of the other equipment that we have in here. The coach leads you through it all, um, is working off of a template, so is able to tell you exactly what you're doing in any one piece of equipment for how long. Uh, the class works together, the two halves, so everybody's doing similar types of things. So Ashton, who's our studio manager here at Orange Theory Fitness Belmont, is going to give us a brief demonstration of uh, what it's like to be on one of our treadmills. Um, in Orange Theory Fitness, um, our, flat road, our flat road is 1% uh, inclined, so Ashton's gotten on the, uh, the equipment. She's going to set it to 1%. Um, she's also, if you notice on the screen, up at the top, her name will show up from our heart rate monitor, and it starts to show her her statistics. These are our water rowers. Sometimes they're part of the class, sometimes they're not. Uh, if you're starting on the floor, you start warming up on the water rower. Um, we do it based on time and or distance in meters. Um, the water provides the resistance for the water rower, so everybody has the same resistance. I love being in a community, uh, number one, and I think Belmont's a great community. I also love being in a residential area. Uh, many Orange Theories are in strip malls or commercial type areas um, and people have to drive to it and there's so many people here. We've heard it over and over again that I live right across the street or down the block and I'm so excited you're here and, and I think it's great that we'll be able to service the neighborhood. Some will drive but many will walk. My hopes for this Orange Theory is that um, we're wildly successful, that we build a great community and we have lots of people that want to come here and work out and enjoy themselves. and make for better lives and more life. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. Franklin Tucker, editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news, joins us this week. Franklin, there was a planning board and select board hearing about the new McLean development this week. Can you bring us up to date? 
That's right. Um, uh, the um, uh, people who are building it, uh, who, would who are pro proposing to build the 100 and it's now 150 unit um, uh, development uh, in uh, one of the last parcels of the McLean um, complex or the campus, um, which is Northland um, uh, Residential and uh, the McLean and McLean's uh, came before the um, uh, the, the joint meeting. Uh, to discuss um, traffic, which is always a, a fun thing in Belmont. Um, well, the traffic would dump onto Pleasant. That's right. It would be coming off of one street. It, it, into the, so you'd have a lot of cars coming in and out of, uh, of that area through one area. And that would be on Olmstead Road, which is across. If you, if you looked at Star Market, it would be like coming, it would be on Pleasant Street coming on to what would be almost st the star market area. Um, so um, there was an agreement uh, which uh, helped, which, um, which started the whole development process in, at McLean's back in 1999. Uh, and there was a, memoran a memorandum of understanding between the town and McLean. Uh, and part of that memorandum was traffic. And it had, a, and they did a traffic study. Uh, and the traffic study was, um, uh, done as if they were going to have the very large uh, um, continuing con care facility. Continuing care facility, which was very big and very massive, um, that never came about because of economics. And now they're going to build a residential. It just turned out that um, they would be going over some of the limits that they had already proposed uh, for that site, and it was really just one area. Of, I believe it was. Uh, 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 departures uh, during a certain part of the day, which they were over. Um, uh, so th what they would like to do is, uh, their what they would like to do, their preference would be to reopen the agreement, which would require going to town meeting and uh, basically looking at the whole traffic area and traffic uh, and maybe doing a little bit of a, um, you know, prodding of the numbers to make it work, basically. Um, now, my understanding is if they don't reopen the agreement, there are a limited number of things they can do to control traffic. That's right. And uh, the first thing that they could do is basically limit the number of uh, what would be then the apartment segment of this housing uh, uh, project uh, rather than the townhouses. Um, and it, it would go down a, a lot. It would, it would basically bring it down uh, to about 118 uh, apartments from um, the 140 that they're, thing, uh, that they're right. thinking about doing. So it is a it would be it would it really affect the uh, affordability that that everybody has been uh, praising the whole project for. Now it seems like this uh, you it's like the proverbial balloon where you push it one place it comes out. That's right, and, and uh, because of the agreement, there's a. There's a there's a big needle at the other end, <laughs> and no one wants to to pop that balloon. Um, so what uh, people are, are are now the other part that they could do is something innovative, think out of the box, and uh, the the one the one prospect they would like to see is maybe a shuttle bus pro, uh, a shuttle bus make the entire process uh, or make the entire project more uh, uh, bicycle friendly, walking friendly. You know, so in many ways, they would like to take as many cars off the road, and 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 then you know use a shuttle bus system that would take them take people to Waverly, uh, which is a, a a transportation hub, or go over to Alewife, and then maybe even Harvard Square, someplace where you can just get people to to move around uh, seamlessly. 
um, the good news is that McLean and Northland uh, are pretty receptive to that. Sure, sure. Okay, well, the, we will hear more about this in the, the next few weeks before yeah, town meeting. That's right, it, and uh, it will uh, come, bef and, and we will know by that time what they will, will try to do. Great, thank you very much. Thank you. I have with me today two members of the Belmont Cultural Council, Jenny Angel and Juliet Jenkins. The Cultural Council is having its big annual celebration of its activities upcoming here on March 15th, and we're delighted to have you uh, here with us today to talk about the activities of the Council. Uh, can, uh, can you tell us about what's going to happen on March 15th? Sure. Thanks so much for having us here today. And on Sunday, March 15th, we're going to be in the Belmont Art Gallery in the Homer Building, and we're going to have invited past and present grant recipients. We're going to have a bunch of our members there. We're having the Chenery Jazz Combo playing for us, and we're having a former member, John Baboyan, who is a guitarist and a professor at the Berkeley School of Music, is going to be providing entertainment. And it's a meet and greet to learn about what's going on and exciting in the arts community in Belmont. And let's uh, let people know what the Cultural Council uh, is, just in case folks haven't heard. It is a committee appointed by the select board. Yes, that's right. We have um, 15 members uh, this year. We're appointed for a three-year uh, commitment, and then we can uh, renew uh, after those three years. I've been on, this is my fourth year with the council, uh, so I just renewed for this year, and I'll let um, Juliet, our, our board chair, speak a little more to what we do. So we are part of the largest grassroots organization in the nation, funded by the state Mass Cultural Council, and we get between five and $7,000 every year to distribute to programs that benefit the public of Belmont, considering the senior community, the children of Belmont, and all town activities like the Belmont Porch Fest. And people apply for money. My understanding is this year you had 27 applicants and provided uh, 15 grants. Do I have those numbers correct? You got those numbers correct. And they're pretty typical. When we went to an online program for um, submitting applications, the numbers went down that first year. But usually we get between 20 and 25 applications. We fund amounts between two and $800 annually. So we don't really give huge amounts of money individually, but we're trying to support PTA programs in the schools. We support um, farmers markets activities. Um, this year it's going to be Mass Audubon Habitat is going to be at the farmers market with some climate change programs. So a variety of inside and outside throughout the year. And there is, uh, there are three categories as uh, I remember. There's science, there's the humanities, and then there's the visual and performing arts. Uh, uh, can you uh, expand on that? Sure. One of the cool programs that we're doing this year is from the Benton Lending Library, which not, maybe not everyone knows about, but the Belmont Public Library is our main library, and the Benton is now a private library, and they have a very popular collection of books that seems to be there. It's hard for them to find a way to fund it. So that's a type of humanities programming that we've done. Uh, of course. And then for arts programming, like you might expect, last year we had a modern dance concert, which we hadn't had in a long time, um, in Fred Astaire Dance Studio. So we sort of collaborate with local studios and a newcomer to town, and it was given to the general public. And I assume that you've got uh, a hand in things like Porch Fest and uh, 
uh, the Payson Park Music Festival? Um, mostly at the level of giving giving a grant to that organization sure. if they apply, and we're not we're not involved in, in running it um, certainly, but in helping support through the grants uh, from the state money. And the council uh, is it uh, is it full, or are you always looking for for volunteers and members? We are always looking for volunteers. We're looking for volunteers who can help on small projects or large projects. We have an incredibly wonderful diligent treasurer who's figured out how to work with the town manager and the state reporting system and we're looking for someone who might be curious about how those finances work. We're always looking for people to help publicize. We do a community input almost every year and we do sort of like a monkey survey monkey and we find that a lot of people don't even realize the programs that are going on in town and without one source, central source, like an old-fashioned newspaper, people really don't have an idea of where to turn. So we're working on different social media avenues, and we'd like people who have ideas about that. We had a great member start us a website to help promote local programs. Great. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Jenny Angel and Juliet Jenkins of the Belmont Cultural Council. March 15th is the big celebration of last year's grants and this year's upcoming grants. The Belmont High girls hockey team continues to progress in the state tournament this year. Chet Messer brings us up to date. As you will learn in this report, Saturday, March 7, will be a busy day for Belmont sports fans. Belmont beat Latin Academy on Wednesday night to advance to the finals at Songa Center on March 7. To reach the semifinal game against Latin Academy, Belmont needed to defeat Bill Ricca. They did so by a torrid third period in which they shot 71%. Kevin Logan opened the scoring with a drive to the hoop. He put Belmont up by 12 with another one. Ali Nerosi then grabbed a rebound on a missed shot and drove the length of the court for another two-point layup was fouled and made good on the free throw. Kevin Logan then asserted himself again, blocked a shot, passed it out to Preston Jackson Stevens who scored another layup. Bill Ricker then called a timeout to no avail as Belmont rolled to a 76-57 victory. Turning to ice hockey, the girls hockey team continued their winning ways with a 4-2 win over Winthrop. The Marauder girls then defeated Waltham 2-0 in a first-round tilt. As mentioned earlier, there will be a busy Saturday for sports fans. The Belmont girls now face Austin Prep in a quarterfinal match to be held at Woburn's Ice Hockey Rink at noontime. In the first round of the Boys Ice Hockey Tournament, Belmont defeated Andover 3-2. This led to a quarterfinal victory over St. Mary's in overtime one to nothing. At 1 minute 30 seconds of the overtime period, Justin Rocher, number 10, won the faceoff, pushed the puck ahead, and found Bennett Fitchy for the winning goal. This leads to a semifinal match on March 5th versus Reading at Songus Arena. Belmont World Film opens its signature event with its Spring International Film Series in March. The Belmont Journal had an opportunity to speak with World Film Executive Director Ellen Gittleman to talk about a peek behind the curtain of the International Film Series. Belmont World Film is, uh, we're a nonprofit organization and our mission is to 
uh, promote cultural understanding through film. We are starting our 19th annual international film series, which is sort of our uh, anchor program. This year, uh, Belmont World Film has a really interesting lineup. It's a little different. We almost have a festival within the series. And um, we have films from eight different countries. Uh, two of them were their country's submissions for the best international feature film at the Oscars this year, one from Canada and the other from Norway. Our goal is to really dissect a film and to for people to understand what they've just observed and to better understand what, what they've seen. So uh, after a film screening, we will have a discussion and usually the speaker, who oftentimes is an expert in, in uh, his or her field, will speak for five to 10 minutes and then open the floor up to discussion and questions. With binge watching and so much material on streaming, we have to make a case for people to come to a theater to actually see a film. And so we like to show films that have never been shown in Boston, that may never get to Boston. We try to show films that you may never get to see that are exceptional, but because of the vagaries of the film industry, don't ever make it here. We're living in a time where the other is is considered, you know, scary or uh, hard to understand, and so Belmont World Film is really interested in helping people to understand other people and that it's not so scary, that we share a lot as people, that maybe our outward expressions are different, but we have similar feelings about family and um, friendship and, and caring and thoughtfulness and what's right, what's just. I've seen it in action and I will tell you that it definitely works. It's changed people's minds, and I think that's a pretty good thing. Here's Hannah Fisher to tell us about all there is to do that is interesting and fun in Belmont on the Belmont Journal's community calendar. Hello, this is Hannah Fisher with your community calendar. Spring is right around the corner, and I have a great event to get you feeling back to nature and ready to head outside. The Belmont Gallery of Art opens Artful Nature, a celebration of pattern, color, and texture on March 6th. There is an opening reception on Friday, March 13th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. For more information, visit belmontgallery.org. Comic-Con is coming to Belmont. The Belmont Public Library will kick off its first Comic-Con-related event with a comic crafternoon. All aspiring artists are encouraged to attend this comic book and superhero-themed craft program on Monday, March 11th from 1 to 2 p.m. in the Assembly Room at the Belmont Public Library. There's lots more to come for Comic-Con Belmont, so check out belmontpubliclibrary.net for a listing of fantastic Comic-Con programming. Back to a spring theme. Can you tell I'm anxious for warmer weather? On Thursday, March 12th, the Belmont Garden Club is holding a lecture by Dr. Michael S. Dossman, keeper of the living collections of the Arnold Arboretum of Harvard University. Come hear tales from the plant explorer, adventures in plant collecting around the world. The event runs from 7 to 9 p.m. at the First Church of Belmont at 404 Concord Avenue. For more information, visit belmontgardenclub.org.
March is Women's History Month, and there is amazing programming throughout town. One to start with is the documentary screening of Left on Pearl on Thursday, March 12th at 7 o'clock p.m. in the assembly room of the Belmont Public Library. Left on Pearl chronicles a highly significant but little-known event in the history of the women's liberation movement, the 1971 10-day takeover and occupation of a Harvard University-owned building by hundreds of Boston-area women. Additional information about the screening and other Women's History Month events are available at belmontpubliclibrary.net. On Friday, March 13th, from 1.15 p.m. to 2.15, head on over to the Beach Street Center to join Emmy Award-winning historian John Horrigan as he presents a lecture on a famous story that lives on in New England folklore, the Boston Molasses Flood. Admission is free and all are welcome. Visit beachstreetcenter.org for additional information. It's the perfect musical for fairy tale lovers, ogres, donkeys, and everyone else. The Belmont High School Performing Arts Company is staging Shrek the Musical. This performance is great for all ages and runs from March 19th to 21st. Tickets are available at bhs-pac.org or at Champions in Belmont Center. That's it for this week's community calendar. If you would like to see your event featured on this program in the future, please email event details to calendar at peterandhannah.com. Thanks, and see you next time. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Thanks for watching.